Hey there, future fans! This week, the devil hangs out in Ohio, and we go on a road trip, but we mostly stay in, and out, and in, and out. This is the week of October 9th, 2020, and this is episode 184 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right it is back to the covid normal style of show we had a special episode last week where i talked about going back to the theaters during covid and gave a review of tenet that's right that was christopher nolan's new movie starring john david washington and robert pattinson so if you haven't listened to that yet check it out And my future friends, there may be someone new among us. So, Corey, if you're listening, welcome to the the future family. You are welcome for as long as you want to be here. Heck, maybe you'll even stick around long enough to see the show the way it used to be. I know I said I want to go back to the way things were as soon as possible, just because I do believe that I I can say, hey, everyone, be safe, be smart when you go out to theaters, and then it would take any responsibility off my shoulders for pushing new movies coming out to theaters. But I'm looking at the release schedule here for all of my various, uh, well, all three of my sources. I make it sound so official when I say sources, right? All three of my sources... And there's not really much coming out. It's all coming either a limited stint in theaters or going straight to VOD or one of the one of the services like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. And some weeks there's only like one thing coming out. So it's like, hey, future fans, this week there's a one movie and well, it kind of looks like shit. So there's that. Stay tuned for next week's 10 minute episode. Yeah, right. Like like I could potentially do an episode that short. I, I talk way too much for that but we'll see maybe in november i'll um i'll do some sort of hybrid thing where i do a little bit of the old show and talk about some movie just to keep it interesting we will see but for now my future friends what is it you are listening to who is this madman in your ears it is me i'm that madman in your ears my name is billiam you're listening to future flicks with billiam and on this show well we we do something special during covid The show starts out with movie news and movie trailers. That's any new news stories and any new trailers I've caught my eye since the last episode. And to be fair, those two things were on the old show as well that one day I hope to return to. And after that, we jump into two different movies that I am talking about that are available to stream. I try to make them somewhat new. Every once in a while, like when I talked about Muppets Most Wanted, I'll go back a ways. Sometimes I'll do a, a throwback film for from, you know, back in the day. But most of the time, it'll be relatively new on streaming, at least within the last few years. This week, though, we were talking about The Devil All the Time and Hooking Up on Netflix and Hulu, respectively. Both of those movies are from this year. So how modern am I? I am modern AF, as the kids say. These old man trying to be cool jokes working for you? No? No? Okay, I'll move on. Well, I talk about two films 
on available on streaming that you too can watch. Then play the home version of Future Flicks where you judge the film. Yes, and you give it what's called the Bill score. The Billiams interest level score. I haven't sung it in a while and it feels good to get back to at least a little bit of the way things were. The Bill score can go anywhere from a zero for those awful, awful films, for those films that make me sad I exist, to an 11 for those films that make me so happy that I got to experience it, that blow my mind, those movies get an 11. And then after we talk about those two films, we will then wrap it all up with a question of the week, which you can answer at any time. And you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, at BilliamSWN for that. If you like books, follow my bookstagram, Reading Rainbill on Instagram, or you can email me at billionreviews at gmail.com. So answer the question of the week any way you can, and I will read it on the next episode. I do always ask, please remember, that if you want to answer a question of the week that's from a while back, heck, even two episodes ago, my memory is that bad, just remind me of what the question was. Don't just say, oh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm like, oh, great. What could that possibly be an answer to? And then after that, we wrap the show up. I give you the new question of the week. I give you the movies for next week. And I send you along your way to the other great podcasts you may listen to. Like maybe you're listening to reruns of the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, Nerds of the Squared Circle. That's a good time right there. Maybe you're listening to the Watch Your Mouth podcast, which is still active. Yay. Maybe you're listening to We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, good friends of the show. Robbie and Lisa are fantastic hosts. Well, anyway, my future friends, let us not waste any more time. Let us jump into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. All right, my future family, we have our first story from People Magazine. And you may have heard before that Tom Cruise has has really high ambitions. He's really ambitious. And that he would like to film a movie in space. Well, my friends, he is one step closer to that dream as he is as he is scheduled to shoot into space to the International Space Station on October 2021. Reportedly, he and director Doug Lehman are two passengers on a SpaceX flight going to the International Space Station, and so it's assumed that the two will go up there, they will film the movie, or at least certain scenes of the movie, because I don't think the whole thing's just going to be Tom Cruise and him, though that could be very interesting if it's like uh, kind of like a Moon-style thing, where, you know, Moon was just Sam Rockwell, with like one scene of like fuzzy people on a monitor and a voice. But besides those two things, it was just, it was just Sam Rockwell. So that could be interesting. But that's probably not not what's going to happen. It's probably going to be certain scenes are filmed in space, but it's all up to speculation right now. The one thing we know, the one thing we know is that it is not going to be the next Mission Impossible film. The only thing we do know is that currently there are indeed plans for Tom Cruise and director Doug Liman to go up to space. And you know what? I don't blame him. If I had as much clout as Tom Cruise does, I would do whatever the f*** I wanted. I mean, obviously, be charitable and give back, you know, help those in need. Th- that goes without saying, but also enjoy it. Do shit. Do what you want to do. I'm not sure if I would go into space because that's terrifying. Hell, the open ocean terrifies me. So when you're in space, you're like, oh, what's that outside of the window? It's death. That's what's out- outside of the window. My future friends, this next story comes to us from IGN. According to screenwriter David Cope, 
the Indiana Jones 5 movie uh, fell apart because no one could agree on a script. Apparently, it's very difficult for everyone to come together and agree on something because there are many people involved. There's There was Steven Spielberg up until uh, April, I think, when he stepped away and he was replaced. Uh, Harrison Ford had to agree on it, of course. Disney had to agree on it. Indiana Jones 5 was announced all the way back in 2016. It is now 2020, if you didn't know. And we, we, we are still no closer to a film. The question is, do we even need one? One of my good friends, Darren, is a huge fan of the Indiana Jones trilogy. And when I say, hey, Darren, there are actually four Indiana Jones movies. He says, no, there aren't. Because if there were, they may have screwed it up and it would upset me greatly. So there's only three. So yes, a lot of people didn't like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull or whatever the fuck it was called. I know I like Google right here, but I don't really care about this. (laughs) So the question is, do we even want this? And that's the thing with like long awaited sequels and reboots. It could be very good. Look at what they did with Halloween. Even though I am still upset, Anne and I were just talking about this, that they retconned all the movies besides one, it was really good. But can they do an Indiana Jones 5? Will they, or will it be put on permanent hiatus? We will see. In sad news out of Japan, this reported from The Hollywood Reporter, actress Yuko Takeuchi has been was found dead on the 27th of September. She was 40 years old. She died of what was what is an apparent suicide. I haven't read an update yet if it was or not. If you would if you're wondering if you know this person, uh, you would know her if you saw Miss Sherlock, that popular show from Japan that HBO picked up or Ring. Or let's be perfectly honest here, it's called Ringu. My future friends, I'm going to give you a spoiler for the movies we're going to talk about next week, one of them is going to be Enola Holmes. That's right. That's the uh, the Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Henry Cavill, Sam Claflin, I think, movie, uh, where it's about Sherlock and Mycroft's little sister who goes looking for their missing mother. Well, apparently, the movie is being sued. Yes, the movie is being sued by the Conan Doyle estate. They filed a lawsuit claiming copyright infringement and trademark violations against Netflix and uh, other parties involved. So here's the thing. Here's what makes it seem like a blatant money grab from the Arthur Conan Doyle estate. It's because a lot of the Sherlock books, uh, short stories, novels, every, like, a lot of the Sherlock writing is public domain, except for the final 10 stories that Arthur Conan Doyle wrote. So you'd think that this movie would be safe and able to have Sherlock in their in their movie even though it's not an official Sherlock Holmes movie but it turns out they're claiming that in the later 10 Sherlock Holmes books Sherlock Holmes shows more emotional range and becomes warmer and Henry Cavill who plays Sherlock Holmes in Enola Holmes is warm and shows emotion so they're claiming that it's copyright infringement because Henry Cavill is charming Sounds like a lot of bullshit to me. So, my future friends, this next story is going to test my uh, my memory because a while back I asked a question about which which movie from 2020 were you most looking forward to. I believe out of the uh, the two people that ever normally answer my questions of the week, out of those two, I believe it was Brian Q who said Dune. I believe. So, Brian Q, if that was you, you may have already seen this, and if not, I'm sorry to report that it has now been pushed back to October 2021, a whole year. So, because the world 
is still not where it should be, because movie theaters are still not widely open, and because of the regal news we'll be talking about uh, coming up, Dune has been pushed back an entire year. That sucks. My future friends, this next story comes to us from Inverse. We know that Jamie Foxx is set to be in Spider-Man 3 to reprise his role as Electro, but there's a catch. He is playing Electro again, but his Electro isn't the same as the Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield. Also related to that story, Jamie Foxx posted on Instagram and then deleted a picture of three Spider-Men standing on a building looking up at the sky at some electrical distortion with um, Electro's eyes up in the sky, which many people are thinking that he's trying to hint that there is going to be some sort of a huge Spider-Verse crossover. And that's becoming more and more possible, especially because we're seeing the D- that DC is going to work on you know, multiverse bullshit in their movies because we know that Michael Keaton is going to be in the Flash movie. Michael Keaton, of course, played Batman in the first two films uh, directed by Tim Burton, but we have a different Batman now, so it seems like we're getting a Flashpoint movie, or at least a little bit of a Flashpoint movie. Marvel will then have to respond, and since it'd be a Marvel-Sony movie, those two companies have such power that they could probably get Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back. And if they couldn't get one of them back, they could just replace that person with Miles Morales. So my biggest hope was that we'd be seeing a Sinister Six movie, but looks like I was wishing far, far too low that maybe we're going to get a full Spider-Verse film. Who knows? Maybe that would be that would be a whole MCU arc. That would be a huge Spider-Verse thing, which would be insane because the spider-verse is vast but then again it could just be jamie fox getting cast that could be it and he could just play electro in the movie and then we're done with it but isn't it fun to speculate so my future friends let's wrap up the news with this story you may have heard news that regal cinemas are closing their doors well i heard that too and i was looking into it more and i i found conflicting reports There are some reports saying that Cineworld is going under. Cineworld is a United Kingdom-based company that owns Regal Cinemas and that they're shutting their doors and thus part of that would be Regal Cinemas. But now I'm also reading, oh, here's something official now from the official Cineworld Cinemas Twitter account. They say we can confirm we are considering the temporary closure of our UK and US cinemas, but a final decision has not been reached. Once a decision has been made, we will update the staff and customers as soon as we can. There actually has been an update since that tweet, which was yesterday. Today, they said we can confirm that all Cineworld cinemas in the United Kingdom and Ireland will be temporarily closed. So temporarily closed from Friday, October 9th. And I'm following a link they posted in that tweet. So yes, I'm, I'm reading this article that they posted on their website, and it does look like that they are going to temporarily close all of their United Kingdom and Ireland cinemas and will monitor the situation closely and will communicate any future plans to resume operations once film studios are able to bring their pipeline of major movie releases back to the big screen. Oh, and then another update from NPR. It looks like, yes, the Regal Cinemas are officially going to be part of that on Thursday. So Thursday the 8th for uh, for us as well here. And just like with the UK branches, it's going to be a temporary closure. And this is probably a lo- have a lot to do with Dune and No Time to Die being pushed back till next year. So when will things go back to normal? We'll see. 
Well, my future friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, my future friends, welcome to everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. All right, well, we have to start with the trailer for the Kraft sequel. It's called Macaroni and Cheese 2, Cheesier. No, I'm kidding. That is terrible, and I will keep the joke in to punish myself for that, but... The movie's called The Craft Legacy. It is set to come out October 28th this year, and it stars uh, Michelle Monaghan, David Duchovny, uh, some teenagers. Or I'm guessing teenagers. They're probably really like 20-something. Uh, this is written and directed by Zoe Lister-Jones, who is known for movies like Band-Aid. And I saw the trailer once, and I didn't like it. And I saw the trailer again just now to to maybe see if, if I was too harsh. And uh, I'm uh, here to report, no. In fact, I don't think I was harsh enough the first time I saw this. So just imagine that some reject producer and directors or something from the CW decided, oh, let's make a sequel to The Craft. This 100% looks like some sort of like a shitty teen show that would go on the CW, uh, the type of show that would have like a huge, like a huge fan base, but also an equal number of people that'd be against it so much. This just looks so bad. These actresses don't look good. They look so wooden and just emotionless. And just for comparison, I watched the original trailer for The Craft uh, back in 1996, and it still looks good. It still looks like a movie I would watch. Now, mind you, The Craft isn't one of my favorite movies of all time. I, it's been over a decade since I've seen it last. But even though I'm not some huge Craft fan, I still watch that old trailer and go, yeah, I would watch that film. That looks like something I could uh, I could get behind, something I would enjoy. Even if I wasn't a big fan of Nev Campbell and Robin Tunney and uh, who else is in it? Skeet Ulrich. It just looks like a better film. This new one really looks like they, uh, some producer somewhere had an idea going, I know, let's remake the craft. And some head of a company somewhere loved it so much. He said, yes, let's fast track this shit. And this is what we have. This, this movie that looks, instead of a sequel, looks like a heartless remake. Uh, This looks horrible. Uh, It's coming out on streaming everywhere the 28th. Next up, my future fans, we have a movie I'm super excited for called Minari. Uh, it's set to come out maybe November 20th, maybe. Time will tell. But this stars Steven Yun, best known from his role on The Walking Dead. Uh, the other bigger co-stars are Korean actors that uh, actually haven't done anything I can mention that you might know. Uh, the only other person of note is Will Patton. Will Patton, of course, from movies like Armageddon, The Postman... The show Falling Skies, a couple episodes of 24. But this is a Korean film being brought to America by uh, A24. 
uh, obviously one of the bigger indie companies out there. And um, it looks like it's going to be devastating and uplifting at the same time. Like, why am I crying and smiling? I don't get it. That kind of shit, you know? This is about a Korean family that moves out to Arkansas to start a farm in the 1980s. Because why not? After the Japanese internment camps, my grandpa moved to Watsonville and opened up a nursery. So, okay, maybe moving to a farm isn't that weird. Well, technically, he worked at and then owned a, a, a gas station first. But that has nothing to do with the movie. This movie, though, uh, looks fantastic. And it looks like it's going to remind us that Stephen Yun is more than The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is more than just a, a TV show that's depressing and la has lasted way too long. And Stephen Yun, who is part of it, is more than just his character. So this film is about this family moving to the middle of Arkansas... Where, it, it, guess what? In the 1980s, there wasn't a big Korean community. Weird, right? And from the looks of the trailer, this isn't one of those movies where they're going to get treated horribly because they're Koreans, because everyone there is racist, and uh, it's going to teach us a lesson. Though those movies are important. Don't, don't be racist. Remember that. But this isn't one of those movies. This is a family movie. And I do have to make a correction. I said this was a Korean film. Uh, it's just written and directed and starring Koreans. It's, it's actually a film made here in America. I realized my error when I said Arkansas and the big American flag in the background <laughs> in the poster is a big giveaway too. But I like these kind of stories and I think this looks interesting because it's a movie about the American dream, but it also doesn't like shove it down your throat like, oh, you need a house and uh, 2.5 or 3.5. How many kids are you supposed to have? So instead of some trying to be patriotic mess, it looks like it's going to be a family drama, which looks really good. All right, my future friends. Next up in the trailer trove, we have a trailer for a film coming out on Netflix October 30th that looks really, really interesting called His House. So this is a drama horror about a refugee couple who makes a... a heroin escape from their war-torn country of South Sudan, and they make it to a small English town, and they're released as uh, as refugees seeking asylum, which means they, they're given a house by the government, but they basically have to play nice and be good, and then maybe the government will let them stay as citizens. But it's not that simple, because they're given this rundown little house. I mean, not bad. A lot of people would love a house like that. But guess what? It's f***ing haunted there's some sort of scary bullshit going on and this this sounds really interesting and even if it's not a great film even if i watch and go that was just okay i'm excited for the idea of it because let's be honest there are a million horrors coming out every year and so many ideas get recycled uh, like my my wife and her mom they they like to buy super d-list horror movies she just chimed in with a caveat to that as long as they can buy them for for 50p at a charity shop. For us in America, let me translate that. That means only if we can buy it for 50 cents at a thrift store. <laughs> Welsh is such a weird language. But anyway, a movie they found, or her, her mom found one time, was called The Dead Walking. Walking Dead rip off anyone? I don't know. Or maybe it was even called just called that, hoping people would pick it up, thinking it has something to do with The Walking Dead. But my point is, there are so many horror movies coming out, and a lot of them are just rip-offs of other ideas, that whenever something original like this comes out, it excites me. 
because I like original ideas and this sounds uh, sounds like an original idea. This film has a lot of British people in it. The only person really worth mentioning is uh, Matt Smith, of course, one of the doctors. Uh, he's also in the show The Crown. Uh, he's going to be in the upcoming Morbius movie. But this film can be watched by you, yes you, on Netflix October 30th. All right, my future friends, I, I love movies. Did you know that? I just love movies so much. I was thinking about that when I was watching the trailer for the next film we have to talk about. And that's called Sound of Metal. It's an Amazon original movie that may be coming to theaters on the 4th, but it's also hitting Prime Video on the 4th. This stars uh, Riz Ahmed from movies like Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Venom. And Olivia Cook from uh, Ready Player One or Me or On the Dying Girl. And this is about a guy named Ruben, who is the drummer for a heavy metal group. Him and his uh, his girlfriend, Lou, are in this group, and he starts to lose his hearing. In fact, it gets really bad, so bad that he becomes deaf, which as so many rock and rollers from the 60s and 70s, even the 80s and 90s will tell you, is a real thing. Like, you have to protect your hearing. So he loses his hearing, and it's a story about him overcoming that. And he, the band it gets put on hold. He asks Lou to wait for him. And he goes to this weird camp retreat place for deaf people where he, he basically learns how to be deaf, which at his age, he, he seems to be about late 20s, early 30s, I'm guessing. In the real world, uh, Riz Ahmed is 38, but for the purposes of this film, I'm thinking he's going to be like early 30s. But anyway, it's not easy to learn another language when you're an adult, especially when you have to learn because it's the only thing you can do. And of course, I'm referring to sign language. So the film is about this guy who has a path in life. He is a heavy metal drummer. Him and his girlfriend, they make music. They, they do what they love. They love what they do. And something puts a really bad uh, spin on that. Where guess what? Probably because you've been playing heavy metal for so long without any sort of earplugs or other loud noise dampening device, He's lost his hearing, so the movie isn't about heavy metal as much as it is about him coming to terms with his hearing loss and learning to adapt. So once again, Sound of Metal coming out on Amazon Prime and maybe to theaters on December 4th. My future friends, let's talk about another Amazon original movie, this one coming out October... Ah, oh crap, I went too far. October something, let me go back. 23rd, there we go! And the movie is called Borat Subsequent Movie Film. Yes, this is a sequel to Borat from way back in 2006. Because when I think about what movies need, um, need a sequel, I think of Borat, of course. No, I'm torn about this one. I'm honestly torn because I laughed my ass off at the first Borat. I preferred Bruno, but I thought Borat was a really funny film. I, I laughed so much I gave myself a headache, but it's been 16 years. 14 years, because I can do math. It's been 14 years, and I'm not sure if I'm interested, especially because this, this is the style of comedy where I don't really like it that much, where it gets super awkward. I think I might skip this, but hey, check out the trailer. Uh, see if you want to watch it. And if you do, it's on Amazon Prime on October 23rd. All right, my future friends. Next film. Next film is coming out on HBO Max. Coming out on October 22nd. And it's called The Witches. It, yes, it is a remake of the original Witches from... Let's see if I can find out when. Uh, in 1990 with uh, Angelica Houston. 
except now we have Anne Hathaway. This film stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, uh, Chris Rock as the narrator, and it's based off a children's book by Roald Dahl. I'm not going to talk much about this trailer because I I can't compare it to the original film because I've never seen the original film, even though it's a children's classic from the 90s. But I think I think it looks fine. I think this looks like a fine film. I mean, it doesn't look wonderful, but it looks funny. It looks entertaining. And what more can I want for something on a streaming service? And one of the actually the few streaming services I don't have. So if any of you, my future friends, have HBO Max... Check this out on October 22nd and tell me if you like it. Uh, Before we talk about the final trailer, we got a teaser trailer for Monster Hunter. That's a movie coming out in 2021 starring Mila Jovovich. And um, it's really just a teaser. There's really not much to it. But I really question this film already based off the trailer. Because from the trailer, we see that there's some sort of what I'm assuming is American military. But if you've ever played a Monster Hunter game, it's a fantasy game. Take, taking place in a fantasy world where you hunt big-ass monsters with these big-ass weapons, obviously not taking place on Earth. So I just really fear already that they're just doing wrong by the video game franchise. And finally, my friends, in the trove, we have this second trailer for Free Guy. If you remember, we've been talking about this movie for a while. It's directed by... Sean Levy, who has directed such things like eight episodes of Stranger Things... Uh, Real Steel, Date Night, the the, might, the Night at the Museum movies. So he knows what he's doing. And it stars Ryan Reynolds, Taika Waititi, Lil Rel Howery, and uh, let's see, Joe Keery, who you'd know from Stranger Things. Let me see. He plays, I forget his character's name, Steve. How can I forget Steve? He plays Steve. And uh, Jodie Comer from Killing Eve. This is about Guy a bank teller who finds out that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open world video game. And he decides he wants to change his world, but it's not that easy. He does enlist the help of a player character, a Molotov girl played by Jodie Comer. But as he starts to get noticed, the people behind the game or the main man behind the game played by Taika Waititi decides uh, they want nothing to do with him and threaten to shut down the game. So he has to save his world. This, this looks goofy. This looks fun. This looks like exactly what I want from a movie with Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi. And it looks, it looks like it'd make you smile. Check out the trailer. Both the first and the second trailers are good and they both show different parts of the movie. And I don't think it gives away too much. Uh, this comes out December 11th, but we'll see if it comes out in theaters or not. And my future friends, that is it for the Trailer Trove. Let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. And we'll be right back with the first movie. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah Yeah. then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds of the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds of the squared circle on someone all right future fans welcome back to the show and it's time for the movies that's right this week we are talking about hooking up on hulu 
So I guess we're going to Hulu and chill, maybe? I should have put that in the intro. That would have been good. Ah, I'm too lazy to go back and change it. And The Devil All the Time on Netflix. So let us start with the one on Hulu called The Hooking Up. This comes from the year 2020. Do you remember that? I know I do. Feels like a nightmare I cannot wake from. But alas, here we are still in 2020. This came out March 20th. And it stars Brittany Snow from the Pitch Perfect series as well as Hairspray. Sam Richardson, who you would know if you've ever seen. Oh, he was that guy. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. He was the the groom. That's the word I'm looking for. He was in the show Veep. So he's one of those guys that you've seen around quite a bit, but he just wasn't the leading man. Now he is. He is the leading man alongside Brittany Snow. Also stars Jordana Brewster, if you've ever watched a Fast and the Furious movie or 2006 Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, you know, other things. She's been around for quite a while. Oh, The Faculty was her first movie. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, we are big fans of The Faculty here. Apparently, Anne says I'm a fake fan for not knowing that. Well, excuse me for not knowing Jordana Brewster's entire career. It also stars Vivica A. Fox from movies like Independence Day and Kill Bill Volume 1. And Batman and Robin? Who the hell is she in Batman? Miss B. Haven. Oh, that's a great name. Anyway, she's in this too. And this film is about a guy named, let's remember, Bailey. A guy named Bailey who receives a new cancer diagnosis. He has testicular cancer again. And while he's at one of his cancer support groups, he meets Brittany Snow, who plays Darla who is on her way to a sex addicts support group. He actually sees her after she just got done banging the guy who runs the meetings. So that's that's a whole bunch of fun right there. And they keep running into each other. And then after a while, Brittany Snow's character has an idea because she gets fired from her job and says, hey, I have an idea. I have this article I want to write. Keep me on. Let me write this article. If it doesn't work, you can fire me if it does then it'll be great. And her idea is to drive around to all of the places she's ever had sex and have sex again. But this time she's going to take Bailey as he says, says goodbye to well his last testicle. However, Bailey does not know this. He thinks it's part of her 12 step plan going around trying to forgive herself and get and, and just get closure. So there are a few things about this movie. The first fact is Based on a plot like that, you would think that this would be at the bottom of Walmart's bargain bin, that it wouldn't even be on a streaming service, but it is. No one in it is super famous. It just seems like the kind of movie they do in between bigger and better jobs. But the other thing is, it wasn't that bad. It was it was funny. It wasn't great. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going on my must-rewatch list, but I, I liked it. And the interesting thing about it is that even though it's about sex it's about her taking this guy to all the places she's had sex before having sex again so even though it's about that there's no well there's a little nudity very very little bit of nudity as you see darla watching porn in the office that that's really it and there's not even a lot of sex scenes that not that you'd think in a movie like this there's even a sex montage but This movie is cavalier about the sex, but it's never crass. And what also impressed me was that the fact that Bailey had testicular cancer, it wasn't used as the butt of a joke. And I'm going to be honest, I'm starting to flounder here. I'm starting to run out of things to say because the movie was okay. 
I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I liked it more than I thought I would, but also it just kind of sits there in that, oh, yeah, that's fine area for me. I can fully understand why someone would watch it and hate it, but I can also fully understand why someone would watch it and really like it. I can see both sides, but unfortunately for me, I fall kind of in the middle. Uh, the characters were good. I liked them. Darla and Bailey both had very good story arcs. They were both flawed, and they both helped each other in their own ways. They both had uh, healing to do. They both had changes to make. Darla had to overcome her sex addiction, and Bailey basically had to come to terms with the fact that he is going to lose his last testicle. Oh, and he had to get over his ex-girlfriend who left him. And that was actually something that impressed me about the movie. When we see this ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance, I, I forgot exactly what they were, but they were, they had been dating since high school. He's like mid-twenties now, maybe late-twenties. I don't know how, I forgot how old he's supposed to be. But she leaves him be saying that, you know what, we're, we were going to get married, but we never dated anyone else. We never played the field, basically. How do we know? And so he's devastated and he wants to take Darla by the house, by her, uh, by a, uh, a party that Elizabeth is having to go, look, I have this woman. Aren't you jealous? Which is a very stereotypical thing to do in a movie like this, but they handled it well. And what impressed me is that Elizabeth wasn't just the huge bitch because she could have been. He had cancer. He overcame it. She left him. That is that is grounds for going straight to hell. But they explain it in a very good way and they explain her character. And I think it was a really well done relationship. So there was the fact that there were a couple of times where this movie could have leaned heavily on some very well-known tropes. It could have just leaned all of its weight on it, but it didn't. And the movie got points for that. The movie got points for interesting characters and storylines that didn't go the way that it very well could have. A movie like this could have taken the road much traveled. It could have just been a basic film. And of course, I wouldn't have liked it as much, but they really just could have taken the easy way out. However, they didn't. And that is why I think that this movie did get points and even is one day a potential rewatch. I am a fan of Britney Snow. I like the Pitch Perfect series, albeit not as much as my wife. But I still like the films, and I've seen her in other things I thought she was good in. But even without her, I think this movie would have been good, just because at bare bones, it had enough to be a decent film. So the question now lies with you. Knowing what you know about the plot, and how kind of ridiculous it is, can you watch it? Because right off the bat, this plot will make this a non-watch for so many people, and I get that. I do. And not even the fact that the characters were interesting and the story wasn't totally predictable, even though we have those two facts, it still might not be enough to save it. So if you're ever looking for a cute movie to watch, this could be it for you. It is rated R, so it's not, you know, well, obviously, Jesus, with that plot, it's not suitable for kids. But one day, it, it's maybe raining or you're you called in sick from work. And you just feel like watching something that doesn't require all of your attention. This is the film. You may hate it. You may like it quite a bit. All I know is that it's an hour and 44 minutes and that's not too bad. Hooking up gets a 7 out of 11. I was really, really leaning towards a 6.5, but that just seemed mean to me for some reason. It just seemed mean to give it a 6.5. Maybe it deserves it. Maybe this really is a 6.5 out of 11, but... I just bumped it up the extra half point 
because maybe this movie really did have that je ne sais quoi. All right, my future friends, it is time for our next break. And I know it's only been 10 minutes, so I'm, I'm sorry we're having another one this quick, but I didn't have as much to say as I thought I would. So please stay tuned for our final movie after this break from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, my future friends, the next film we're going to talk about is the Netflix original film, The Devil All the Time. This came out September 16th, and it stars, I had to write this all down, Tom Holland from Spider-Man Homecoming, Eliza Scanlon from Little Women, Robert Pattinson from Twilight, Sebastian Stan from Captain America Winter Soldier, Haley Bennett from The Magnificent Seven, Bill Skarsgård from It, Mia Wasikowska from Alice in Wonderland, Harry Melling from Harry Potters, and also The Old Guard, Jason Clark from Pet Cemetery, and Riley Keough from Logan Lucky. So if we're going by the IMDb premise, this is about sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. If we're going by the premises I saw it, the premise is, life sucks, then you die, why bother trying at all? So this is based on a book by some guy named Donald Ray Pollock. So if we go by the premise of the book, it says, set in rural southern Ohio and West Virginia, the devil all the time follows a cast of compelling and bizarre characters from the end of World War II to the 1960s. There's Willard Russell, tormented veteran of the carnage in the South Pacific, who can't save his beautiful wife Charlotte from an agonizing death by cancer, no matter how much sacrificial blood he pours on his prayer log. There's Carl and Sandy Henderson, a husband and wife team of serial killers who troll America's highways searching for suitable models to photograph and exterminate. There's a spider-handling preacher, Roy, and his crippled virtuoso guitar-playing sidekick, Theodore, running from the law. And caught in the middle of all of this is Arvin Eugene Russell, Willard and Charlotte's orphan son, who grows up to be good, but also a violent man in his own right. So what I'm about to say will make it sound like I didn't like this film. But I just want you to wait till the end. I just want you to hear the whole thing out before, before you, you rush to judgments on how, what I thought of the film. This book, and thus the movie that was based on it, sounds like one of those bullshit pieces of literature that seem like Cormac McCarthy's wet dream that people just write to make it sound like they're fancy. They go, oh, look, look how dark and dismal this is. I'm such a good writer. I write such good literature because everything is terrible. The world sucks. There's no point in anything. You might as well just die. I'll take my awards, please. 
any one of these stories of, of the all the stories going on at the same time, any one of them would have made an interesting movie. Any one of them would have made an interesting book. Let's take the husband and wife team of serial killers. That's f***ing interesting right there. And the fact that we have the guy standing there taking pictures while these guys go on dates with and then have sex with his wife. Yes, that's really f***ed up, but it could also make for a good book. We have this crazy, super, like, out-of-his-mind Christian guy who's making blood sacrifices to God to try and save his wife from cancer. That's That could be interesting. Any one of these stories on their own could have been interesting. And it could have been a shorter book, a shorter movie that would have been better, but you're putting them all together, and it becomes tiring. Like, I know, I get it. These people are dark and broody. There's some fucked up shit going on here. The saving grace from this film, the saving grace is the amazing acting that came out of this. As many of you know, if you've been listening for a while, Anne and I watched the latest version of Little Women earlier this year, and it was phenomenal. I thought it was amazing. Though, the weakest part of the film was the girl that played Beth. I did not believe her. She was mediocre at best. Put her in this role, and she was so much better. Everyone in this film did an amazing job. Harry Melling, every time I see him, is impressing me more and more. He may be best known for playing the asshole cousin from that series made famous by that wonder bitch, J.K. Rowling. But he's worth so much more. Just like everyone else out of the Harry Potter series, they're worth more than that series. What's also fun in this film is we have two people from Marvel. We have Bill, uh, not Bill Skarsgård, we have Tom Holland and Sebastian Stan, who, you know, actually had quite a few uh, scenes together in Civil War, I believe. And we have two people from Harry Potter. We have Harry Melling and Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, one day is going to win an Oscar. I know this. He is phenomenal. Riley Keough is one big role away from becoming a leading lady, like a true leading lady. Fun fact, there's a TV mini miniseries being made out of a book Anne and I really like called Daisy Jones and the Six. Riley Keough is playing Daisy Jones. I think she's going to do a phenomenal job. I am looking forward to it. So when it comes to acting, this movie knocked it out of the park. My problem is just the story. When everything was done, when the whole movie ended, I was sitting there going, wow, that was great. But also, what was the point? I know I use it as, as an example a lot, but that's because it's the perfect example. So here I'm going to say it again. The Devil All the Time is going to be a film like Foxcatcher, where I watched it, went fuck. That was really good, and I'm never going to watch it again. I'm going to remember the wonderful performances. I'm going to remember just how I felt during the film, emotionally connected to what was going on, but it's just it's just never going to be picked up ever, ever again. That's how I feel about the devil all the time. I still remember certain scenes are still very clear in my head. I still remember how many times I felt tense, especially when certain characters were meeting and you're like, oh, you know what both of these people are about, but you don't know how they're going to work together. Oh, this is really cool. I remember thinking that 
all the actors were really into their characters, really were their characters. Not once did I think, oh, why is Spider-Man talking to Edward from Twilight? I never thought that. I just feel like I need to say it at least one more time. This film had fantastic acting in it from everyone involved. I loved everyone's performances, which is rare because there's usually someone there's usually someone in a movie like this where you're like, oh, everyone's good except that person. But thankfully, Elle Fanning wasn't in this film. I just re-recorded that last little bit because I had said Jennifer Lawrence at first, but I think it's about time that I move my the focus of my hate to someone else. So that aside, there was no one in this film that gave anything other than a great performance. The film was well acted. It looked beautiful. It was wonderfully shot. It just immersed you in the experience. Uh, Everything about it was top-notch to me, except for the story. I thought the story was just way too dark. I mean, because I can can take a dark story. I really can. But when it feels like it's being dark for dark's sake, where it's being f***ed up because it can be f***ed up and it's trying to do that, then it loses me. Having a story that's more full of darkness than Emperor Palpatine's fleshlight doesn't make it interesting. It doesn't make it good. But if you watch this film, if you're if you're a fan of cinema, I think you should watch this film for a multitude of reasons besides the story. The only thing keeping this from being a mind-blowing, 100% recommending 11 out of 11 film is that story. And if you don't mind stories like this, This could really be up your alley. This could be 100% for you. It could be your next big movie. The next movie that just blows your mind and you're all about. And I hope if you are that person, I hope you watch it. I hope you love it. I do. For me, for me, this is like a nice big pepperoni pizza that just got a little soggy in the middle. It's just short of being perfect. And I think the fact that it was so close to being perfect and it wasn't, disappointed me more than a movie like Hooking Up just being okay. So should you watch this movie? Yes. Yes, you should. Watch it for the performances. Watch it for the cinematography. Watch it for watch it for everything. Because even though I do have a major problem with it, it's still a film worth watching. The Devil All the Time gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, we have one more break before we go into the question of the week and the films for next week. So please stay tuned for a word from our good, good friends at the We're Doing Fine podcast with Robbie and Lisa. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. fine. All right, everyone, we are back. We are back with the question of the week. And if you do not remember, let me refresh your memories because remember, it is never too late to answer. Question for for two weeks ago, since we had that special episode, was which movie is going to kick off your Halloween season? 
And Anne and I are doing something a little different this year. Usually we plan things out a bit more. We both have our picks, but this year we're really watching a lot of new stuff early on in the season. And the first film we watched was one that Anne recommended to me. I had never seen it. She had. And it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie called The Visit. But before I get into that, I actually found out that Anne has a different answer to this, even though we both watched the same movie on the same day. She says the start to her season was Halloween 2. So, so far, since uh, we started watching horror movies, we've seen uh, we've seen quite a few, but The Visit was our first, and Halloween 2 was our one, two, three, was our fourth movie. But her reasoning is that it's just more of a Halloween movie for her. But her argument, which I just listened to, was that we actually watched Halloween 2 on October 1st because we did get our start early. So we all know that Halloween 2 is a special case. It's the direct, it used to be the direct sequel to the first Halloween movie. This one, number two, done in 1981, takes place directly after the events of the first Halloween. We see Lori is sent to the hospital uh, from her, the wounds she uh, got fighting Michael. Michael is missing. The sheriff and Dr. Loomis are hunting for him. But when the Halloween reboot came out, two and all of the others were just thrown out the window. They were retcon. No more. Now the only canon is Halloween from 1978 and the Halloween from 2018. So there are going to be four official movies in the canon. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. But if you remember, there are a lot more, or there used to be a lot more in the series. There was the first Halloween and the second. Then we had Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which doesn't really take part in the canon. Uh, it was always separate. It's a goofy-ass movie. Then we have Halloween 4 and 5, uh, both with Jamie as the main character. Then we had Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers, which was 6. Halloween H2O, which uh, came out 20 years after the first one. Then Halloween Resurrection. Then we had the two Halloweens that Rob Zombie did that are better left forgotten. But now, all that's thrown out the window. And so the reason, a reason to start with Halloween 2 is that it's really now its own thing because we have now the, the new official canon. We have the two Halloweens, 1978 and 2018. We have the Jamie movies. We have, well, Halloween 6, which kind of the Curse of Michael Myers, which is kind of its own thing. And then we have H2O and Resurrection, which can be grouped together. But now 2 is kind of on its own. So we, in her eyes, that was the beginning of our Halloween season. For me, though, it was The Visit, because even though we started it before October, we started watching these movies before October, this was the first one. for. So for me, that's where it is. The Visit is an M. Night Shyamalan movie from 2015 about two siblings who are sent to stay with their estranged grandparents. Uh, their mother and the grandparents never got along. Uh, they, they have never met their grandparents. The mother is going on vacation with her boyfriend and has reconnected with her parents kind of but the parents say hey send your send the grandkids down you can go on your vacation so that's what happens but then the kids are finding their grandparents behavior getting odder and odder and odder and i thought this movie was good for what it was i guessed the ending very early on but it was still entertaining even though i guessed it so it wasn't a bad way to start the season so now i pass a question off to you since i i didn't see anyone answer the question anywhere so what movie has already started off your season or if you haven't started it yet why are you so late and then also what movie will it be so my future friends let us come up with a question for next week and that question is very simple 
It's very simple based on all the talk of Halloween we did just in this little bit. It's who is your favorite classic slasher? But also, what is your favorite film from that classic slasher? To reiterate, who is your favorite slasher villain? So Michael, Jason, Freddy, Chucky, any classic slasher villain. And what is your favorite movie from that villain? All right, my future friends, it's time to talk about the movies for next week. So the first movie, and I know, I believe I've already talked about watching Enola Holmes. We're going to we're gonna put that on hold right now, just because there are so many horror movies and even newer ones on the streaming services. I thought we'd focus on those until November. And so in that spirit, we are doing two movies on Netflix. Okay, I lied. One movie on Netflix, one on Hulu. The Netflix movie is a new one from Adam Sandler with a massive cast called Hubie Halloween. And then on Hulu, we're going to do the Child's Play remake from last year. So once again, Hubie Halloween on Netflix and Child's Play on Hulu. So my future friends, that is it for episode 184. Without further ado, here is the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.